Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where each week and every week we try a different kind of drink. Yeah, and uh, this week we are trying a different kind of glass with the same kind of drink. Hmm, mixing it up a little. Sparkling white wine. Yes, and uh, we're going to do the testing that you don't want to do to let you know which glasses affect the flavours of sparkling whites in which ways. So, I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. So, we've between the uh, the pop and the, and right now we've just poured ourselves poured ourselves a selection of drinks. But we we are doing this very scientifically. What we have done is we have poured exactly the same Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Pinot Meunier from Brown Brothers from Brown Brothers hmm. into five different types of glass each. We have. So for these purposes, we are going to tell you what the shape of the glass does in relation to the taste and the smell and how well it holds on to its fizz mm. at different levels. Yeah. And like even when we were pouring them out, we immediately noticed a, a difference in how uh, how much the the bubbles, how much the head stuck around? Yeah, and in the way that it formed as mm. well. So it's fascinating, really. Yeah. So what we've uh, what we're using are champagne sauces, also known as champagne bowls. Yep, we have martini glasses because they're similar, uh, but different. Yep, and we have white wine glasses, stemless white wine glasses, stemless white wine glasses. Yes, and uh, Collins highballs. And lastly, we have champagne flutes, or tulip glasses. Yeah, tulip glasses or champagne flutes, however you want to call it. And of course, that's basically in order from, well, the champagne flute is the current way to consume champagne, and the champagne saucer is the classic old-style way of consuming champagne. The the 20s 20s to 40s way, even up to the 70s, I think. Yes, and what we noticed as we were pouring was that the bubbles in the white wine glass were significant and took quite some time to settle down from being bubbles into being a liquid. Mm. Versus the uh, bowls or the wide-mouthed glasses or wide uh, wide top. Wide, yeah, where the, the bubbles were almost non-existent in the, in the saucer. It didn't really bubble up at all. So... On that note, I think we should start the start the trials. Yes, so let's begin by smelling in uh, in order, I suppose. Yeah. So champagne bowls. All right. So we'll uh, begin by smelling the sparkling white from the champagne saucer. Mm. Like it's not even near my mouth yet, and already I can smell the the I can smell the smell. The, the yeah, aroma. the the aromas are very, very present from from this mm. glass. You you immediately get the sweet floral scents. Yeah. Oh, cheers, <laughs> cheers, and uh, fruitiness. Yeah, uh, are you? 
I feel really cautious. I'm I'm really worried about spilling this one because it's got such a wide opening, a wide uh, lip that it's it moves around a lot. The liquid moves when you're um, carrying them. Yeah, a, a lot. It it does seem quite precarious mm. to hold on to. But I suppose if you're a stiff upper lip sort who doesn't really move about much, then <laughs> then that would be entirely <laughs> an acceptable thing to hold on to. Yeah. It seems to have lost its uh, bubbles quite quickly. Mm, there, there's still a little bit of effervescence to it, mm. and it still fizzes on the tongue slightly. But you can... You, but it doesn't uh, bubble in your mouth as soon as you taste it, like I recall from uh, having champagne in flutes, or bubbly in flutes. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely... But I think the the flavours... Uh, I know, they seem more subbtle. Hmm. It's had time, it's had um, more opportunity to breathe. Yeah, having a, a big opening at the top. So I suppose now we should move on to the martini glass. Yeah. So the the biggest difference between these is that the martini glass has steeper walls. Uh, it's slightly easier to hold actually, and the liquid doesn't slosh. Ooh, it, it sloshes about a bit. But not quite so much. Yeah. It's because this, you know, the, the martini glass has the tip, the, the tapered tip. Yeah. I'm still and really likely to spill these. Yeah. So very, very similar on the nose mm. in, in this glass, which you'd expect because it's very open. Yeah. You can smell smell the drink from at least 10 to 15 centimeters away. Mm. And of course, when you put it right to your mouth, you can really smell it. Mm. But the smell is not overpowering. It's not funneled towards your nose. Yeah, though this seems to be, interestingly, I can see it visibly effervescing, which the other one wasn't doing anymore. Yeah. Uh, mine, but mine's still effervescing. Well, a little, yeah. Yeah, but this is this is effervescing a lot more than the yeah, uh, a lot more than the but bowls. Interestingly enough, though, I got kind of a fizz wrapping my tongue feel from drinking it from the champagne saucer. And I'm not having that sensation drinking it from the martini glass. Hmm. It's well. It should be noted that the the champagne bowls are made with lead, made from lead crystal. Hmm. Uh, these martini glasses are just glass, probably borosilicate glass. Uh, they're not especially expensive. Yeah. Which... So that that may have an effect on. Oh, um, that's true. On the. Uh, on how it um, how it holds on to the liquid because mm. um, we're going to get into a bit of science, but I know you guys are fascinated by all things science. I am. The surface of these glasses is probably slightly rougher than the uh, than the champagne bowls because of the different kind of glass, and therefore there's more surface area for the bubbles to catch on for the CO two that's mixed in with the wine to catch on to and therefore get released. Yeah, which is interesting because I, even though this, well, both the smell and flavour I was finding were... Pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. So I think slightly better from from the champagne saucer. Mm. But it also has kept a lot more bubbles. Yeah, exactly. This it, It's kept a lot more bubbles in the martini glass. But... Yeah, this is this has lost a lot of its um, effervescing qualities quite quickly. 
like even from the first sip to the, the last sip just now, that's a couple of minutes. It's made a big difference. Yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't bubble at the tongue like it did from the yeah. other one. So I think that's that is an immediate difference that I've noticed between the champagne saucer and the martini glass. Yeah, is the difference in the mouth feel of the drink, but also. I think the flavor profile isn't quite the same. Mm, that that also could be because we've already had a glass. Well, perhaps. Well, we haven't had a whole glass. We've only tasted it. True. We're only, you know... Sipping. Yeah, a, a couple of mouthfuls. Mm. But it still makes a up. difference. Oh, it does. still makes a difference. So, I'm happy to move on to the next one. Yes, yeah, so I, I think we should before we get too drunk. I'm already starting to feel it. I've only had a couple of mouthfuls. <laughs> so, glass number three. We have the stemless white wine glasses. Yes. So, I like holding these a lot more than the stemmed glasses. Yeah, they really they feel less risky. Yeah. And there's almost no chance of... Or there's very little chance of tipping it and having wine go everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you almost feel like you should swill it around in the glass. And of course, that's what these are designed for, but it's not what sparkling white wine is designed for. No. Um, these are probably also made from uh, borosilicate glass or just regular mm. glass. Not, yeah. Nothing fancy. Um, so I wonder how this compares with the other one. In the in the glass itself, um, it's effervescing or bubbling. It's bubbling about the same as the martini glass, but obviously this has got a slightly smaller surface area in the glass itself. Yes, very true. I've I've noticed that the um, the nose is actually a little bit different. And it's not that it's the same, but more subtle. There's some notes that I'm just not detecting at all that mm. were there on the saucer. Also, with the white wine glass, the smells are funneled towards your nose, so everything is hitting you all at once. Yeah. You haven't got the... Opportun- the, the aromas don't have the opportunity to disperse a little bit. Yes, and that's potentially it. We're missing the more subtle sense because it's all funneled together. I'm only picking up the sweetness. I'm not getting the the more subtle aromas of fruit or... Yeah, I'm getting a lot of that straw flavor or straw smell which is and toasty smell, which is typical of sparkling. Yeah. But, yeah, it. you're right. It's lost a lot of the subtlety. Mm. And then on tasting, the the flavor profile is interesting from this glass. Yeah. It's it's and almost like it's a different drink. It almost is. It's a lot sweeter, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot sweeter. Like the the tartness is gone. Mm. But it you know, this is glass number 3. We we've given it time to breathe. And it's lost a lot of its effervescence. It has lost a lot of its effervescence. Yes. Mm. But I can still see it quite clearly effervescing. Yeah. You've got to also got a fly. <laughs> yes, well, it's the sweetness. Flies are all about that sugar. <laughs> yeah, they know first you get the crystal, then you get the ladies. 
<laughs> they want them ladyflies. It's sweet, and it's got more bitterness coming out of it. Yeah, it's it's more like just drinking a standard white wine. Yeah, than drinking a sparkling, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought the glass would make so much difference. Mm. Like that, having a glass that bells out at the bottom and then sweeps in towards the top like that could alter the flavor profile so profoundly. Yeah. And it's like, I hadn't considered it, but the type of glass has also made a, made an impact on the flavor. Yeah, because the the basic shape and principle behind the champagne saucer and the martini glass are the same. Mm. But because they're both made of a different glass... It tastes and smells better out of the saucer. Yeah, definitely. So now let's move on to the Collins Highball. Mm. This should be interesting because it's a straight up and down glass. Yeah, with that typical slightly thicker section near the bottom. Yeah, and it's not effervescing. oddly not effervescing at all. It's almost like it's just throwing all of its bubbles out. Yeah. Everything else, all the other glasses are effervescing. Oh, I've, I've got... I got bubbles coming up mine, but they're all coming up the mm. wall. Yeah, there's there's I, a little, but but not... I don't see any in yours. Oh, I've got one tiny string of bubbles <laughs> that looks like it's going to peter out at any moment. Interesting, because if you look at mine, you can see quite a few. Yeah, and mine has, has almost none. Almost none. How about yeah? That? It's mine's basically preparing its last will and testament for the bubbles, <laughs> and at any moment I'll have to write its eulogy. How about that? All right, here goes. I, I'm not afraid of clinking these ones because it's, it's such a tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that face was like, whoa, champagne. Mm. <laughs> Very unsatisfying clink, though. Yeah. But the... Yeah, it, it's the same. It has the same problem as the as the white wine glasses. Yeah. You, all the smells are mixed together, so the, the strongest no, sense... Yeah, there's no subtlety to the nose at all. Yeah. You get the strong stuff, but... Which, because it, it because of this type of glass, it, the strong stuff hides around or hangs around instead of uh, instead of being moved away or dispersing mm. and allowing the more subtle sense to come through. And interestingly, flavor-wise, it tastes very different. It tastes like a cheaper sparkling white. Holy shit! You're right. I was <laughs> I was not expecting that. It's like wow. But this is glass number five. Mm, but you would think that at this point they would be tasting oh, better. Sorry, not, four. You would think they'd be tasting better, not worse, by this point. Yeah. Well, all all the bubbles have gone. Mm, but it's. I think it's that the shape of the glass seems to have killed the nuance. Yeah. All the subtle undertones and complexity of it mm, it's gone it's just gone mm. so that's that's really interesting i was not expecting this yeah which you know i guess we can safely say goes to show you that you shouldn't drink sparkling white wine from a collins highball because <laughs> even if it's the best sparkling white ever it's probably going to taste like crap because you're drinking it out of a collins highball yeah. Not to yeah. say that this tastes like crap, it just... It's lost its nuance, as Yeah, you it said. doesn't... It just tastes average. Yeah. 
Because this is a nice sparkling white. Mm. Like obviously it's not amazing. It's not fifteen hundred dollars a bottle or whatever you can pay for for sparkling <laughs> we, whites and champagne. We're podcasters. Such, we can't afford that. Yeah. And it would be irresponsible of us to uh, rave about that kind of. Yes, and to to recommend sparkling. that we we would will we ah, we will recommend this though mm. at twenty dollars a bottle. Yeah, good, it's good value. Yeah. Very good value for a very reasonable and very pleasant, mm. depending on what you look for in a sparkling white. I mean, obviously, if you're a sparkling white wine or champagne connoisseur, this probably isn't for you. Mm. But but it, it's more more it's more like a typical sparkling white, or a, sorry, more like a typical good quality sparkling white versus another one we were looking at, which has more uh, crisp and fruity and tart flavours. Yeah, which was really more like a standard white that just happened to be bubbly. Yeah. Which is, you know, some people like that. Yeah, and, and of course we, we wanted something that had that extra nuance and complexity and that toastiness. Something that tasted more like a champagne. Yeah, because to we... To really put this test through its paces because if you've got something that doesn't have complex flavours, how can you test the way those flavours are affected by the glass? Mm. And because you and you're right, because this has a lot of complex flavors and aromas, we can quite clearly tell the difference. Yeah, I I am getting the fizz wrapping my tongue feeling that I got from the champagne saucer. Mm, but it's very muted. Yeah, it's it's nowhere near as much. Mm. All right, I'm happy to move on to the next glass. Yeah, so okay. now we move on to the champagne flute. Yeah. Which is still happily fizzing away. Yeah, still bubbling. And, you know, this has been poured for about 25 minutes now, half, yeah. nearly half an hour. Yeah, so we, we did choose our drinking order knowingly, purposefully. Yes. With the intention that, you know, had we started in the other direction, by the time we got to the more open glasses, all the bubbles would be gone. Mm. That's just physics. It was it was yeah. obvious. So we we went, but what's interesting is that the the highball has almost stopped fizzing altogether, and yet my martini glass is still bubbling away. Yeah, and mine as well. There's the occasional bubble in the champagne saucer, but there wasn't much there to begin with. Yeah. So it'll be interesting tasting that one again to see how the uh, carbonation has stayed. Yes, when when we come back to see how they've gone over time, yeah. yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers. That's got a nice clink, mm. even if it is a cheap glass. Yes. And so the award for most cheersed episode goes to... <laughs> goes, goes to this one. This one. Hooray! Oh, although I think maybe our um, some of our blinders, blind tasters, have been pretty cheers heavy. Yes. Uh, I think we, we probably could call some of them blinders. I mean, blind tequila <laughs> should probably be called a blinder. More like a bender. Mm. All right. So, so, interesting. So, this, my first impressions is it's, you know, 10, 15 centimeters away. You can't really smell it. It's not until the drink comes up to your lips, the glass comes up to your lips, where you can start to pick the flavor. Yeah. But then I am getting those. Um, I'm getting those floral notes, though. 
I'm, yeah. I'm picking up those more subtle hints that we missed on the white wine glass and the highball. Mm. And I can only imagine that that comes from the very, the tallness and very slight curvature. Yeah. Because obviously the white wine has curvature. The highball is tall. But straight. But they, but you, and they both killed the scent. Mm. But you put the two together. It seems to have kept the best of each. Yeah, some of the complexity of the nose is held on to. Yeah. I still don't think the nose is as complex or as obvious as it was on the champagne saucer. No, but there's only a, a very small surface area to uh, have scents come out from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, there's a definite effervescence to it, and the flavours, the sweetness is it's immediate. The nuance is still there. Hmm. But it's interesting that it's he- this... Uh, style of glass has held on to the sweetness and fruity aromas of the wine versus the cha- champagne saucer, champagne saucer, which has uh, kept most of the flavors all- overall. Yeah. But this also could be a factor of breathing. Mm, that's true. Because I'm, I'm not really picking up that toastiness from the, from the champagne flute. It's it's there, but it's more like a. The difference is more like a, a smelling toast instead of um, eating toast. Yeah, it's not there in the flavor, or or, or hot toast versus cold mm, toast. Yeah, I think it, it's more on the nose than on the palate. Would Would you agree that it's more on the nose than on the palate? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I guess, and, and of course, it's champagne. So this has gone right to my head, as as it tends to do because of that uh, that effervescent quality. Yes, the so, as we mentioned in our episode on um, on carbonation, the the carbon dioxide that yeah tends to get into the bloodstream almost. Yeah, it um, gives the the alcohol a helping hand. Yeah, which means you don't need quite so much to get that. F- Buzz. Buzzy head yeah. feeling. You still, you're not technically drunk. You just immediately feel happy. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, back to the very beginning. It's a very good place to go back to when you've lost your way. You want to try again. Yeah. So and let's let's see how this has fared over the past half hour. And the uh, the nose is still very similar. It is. It really is. The the smell has stayed. You know, I am finding I have to hold it slightly closer to my nose to get the mm. full nuance of the scent. Yeah, but to be fair, this whole apartment probably smells like champagne. At this point, potentially, yes. Yeah, and our palate and nose has numbed itself somewhat. Mm. Or gotten used to the smell somewhat. Yes. I, I still like it. Yeah, the taste is pr- still really good. Yeah, I still see... I, out, of, out of all the glasses I've tasted today... I think this is still the nicest. It's a pain in the ass to drink out of because it's so shallow. Mm. <laughs> but it's kept the flavour the best. Yeah, it, it feels, I mean, without having tried the other ones yet, in the lower point where they've been sat for a while, mm. this feels like it's held onto it really well. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I get the feeling that maybe they were onto something with this. And the champagne flute did not come into existence for any reason other than practicality. Or it's a very good way to drink cheap bubbly. Ah, perhaps. Because we're we're drinking good drop territory kind of bubbly. And it's at, it's about four times the price, and you can tell the difference between cheap bubbly and expensive bubbly. Yeah, because I mean, you could you could get a bottle of Yellow Glen for seven bucks. It was uh, five dollars. Oh, it was five. Yeah, <laughs> and and yeah, if you drank that, like you know, with your coworkers at a at a function at a function or yeah. something, you'd be entirely pleased with that. Drinking it out of a little champagne flute. Yeah, because it. Holds on to all the aromas. It doesn't allow the strong ones to dissipate slightly. And, you know, the the cheap bubblies, or just cheap wine in general, generally doesn't have the complexity of the expensive ones. So you're not missing anything by having everything mashed in together. Yeah. It's it's almost like it's the glass forces that drink to give you its best of album straight away. <laughs> you don't have to listen to the whole the whole back catalogue, you, you just get the best of jammed in your ear holes and you don't have much of an option. Whereas the the Champagne Saucer gives you the back catalogue. It gives you the whole discography. You can enjoy the variety of it. Mm. and All the nuance. It, it's, and it's like it tells you which ones are the good ones too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I suppose let's let's move on. Let's quickly move on. Yes, let's quickly revisit... The martini glass. All right. And three, two, see what that's done. Three, two, one, go. Yeah, it's it's lost all its smell. It has. It's the. It's not that the subtlety's gone from the smell. The smell has become subtle. Yeah. Like immediately compared to the bowl, it's there's nothing there. It's done. Yeah, I almost have to have my nose in the glass yeah. to be able to actually smell it. And, but, and when, when I can smell it, it still smells right. Yeah. It's just that the smell is gone so much. Yeah. And the fizz is gone too. So, but in this case, because the glasses are so similar, I would say it comes down to the uh, the the uh, composition of the glass, the type of glass it is versus the shape. Well, potentially, though, the... Taper versus the curvature could be a difference. We did notice the curvature making a difference yeah. in the later glasses. True. And, yeah, flavor-wise, the subtlety's pretty much been killed as well. Yeah. How curious. All right, and now the uh, white wine glass. The white wine. The stemless white wine glass, because there is a difference. There is a difference, because we're holding this by the glass and not by the stem. Mm. So the warmth of our hands will slightly affect the warmth of the drink, though the drink is definitely still cool. Yeah. Um, this has actually kept a lot of its tart flavours uh, and still has some um, still has some effervescence. Yeah. Like a good white wine. Mm, and yeah, it, it has a very similar nose now to a Chardonnay. Yeah. Well, it's got uh, Chardonnay grapes mixed in. Yeah, which is basically, it doesn't, it no longer smells like a sparkling white. It just smells like a white. And tastes like a white as and well. And tastes like, yeah. yeah. It's, so the the white wine glass has turned it into a Chardonnay. It's <laughs> basically turned our sparkling white wine into a Chardonnay. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing if you enjoy Chardonnay. But it's probably not the right kind of glass to appreciate a good sparkling. No, definitely not. Mm. 
Okay, highball. The highball. Yeah, it just smells like a cheap wine now. Cheap white. Yeah, it almost smells like a cask wine. <laughs> I'm sure the Brown Brothers would hate you for saying that, but you're right. Um, yeah, it it's got it's lost all the complexity. Yeah, I mean, it almost tastes like a Chateau de Cardboard as well. <laughs> I, I must say, like clearly, and I don't know if it's a psychological thing where it's just too. I'm drinking it in a Collins highball and it's so wrong that it makes everything about it wrong. Yeah. But I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that the shape of this glass just kills all the subtlety and nuance and joy in a sparkling white wine. Yeah. It, it's like you're camping and you need, you don't have a good selection of glasses. So you just have, you just break out the regular tumblers and drinking, you're drinking your sparkling out of that. Yeah. And I imagine if you were to pour it and drink it within seconds, then you might still get it as intended by the maker. <laughs> but not not now. Yeah. And, you know, the, I don't think we need to try the white yeah, we, champagne. We return but... to... I'm, I'm going to. All right. Because we've we've come around again. Let's, let's come full circle. All right. Uh, at the moment, it's a difference of about 10 minutes. Which is still something. It's still True. something. True. And the fragrance definitely remains. Hmm. That hasn't really changed since last time. But it doesn't have... But it, it started to lose its effervescing fl- uh, mouthfeel. Yeah, the mouthfeel has changed. The flavors have changed slightly. Hmm. And dare I say it... It's probably nicer, actually, now. Like, I think if we had to order these now, yep. which I think we should, because that, that's what we're here for. Yes. That's why we did this. Yep. Then... I would say that we need to say that the best remains the classic. Yeah. Which is the champagne saucer is still the best way to drink a sparkling white wine. I agree with you, but I'd add a caveat. It's the best way to drink a good sparkling white. Yes. If it's a cheaper one, there's there's no point in going to the effort of having champagne bowls, and therefore a champagne flute would be better for a cheaper one. Yes, and that does, of course, bring us to the second best option, which is the champagne flute. <laughs> yeah. The, the champagne flute is definitely yeah. the next best thing after a champagne saucer. It's, it held on to... It changed the nose slightly, mm. but it held on to it consistently. It held on to the bubbles consistently. Yeah. And while it changed the flavors slightly as well from what we got in the champagne saucer, the taste profile remained largely consistent throughout. Very true. Very true. Um, I, th- I think we need to explore how the type of glass or the quality of the glass compares when we're drinking a particular beverage. Because yes. the champagne bowls, you can quite, silly, quite clearly see in the photo... It's a high-quality glass versus the champagne flutes we have are... Uh, well, the, the champagne flute in the photo was also a very high-quality lead crystal. True. But the champagne flute we actually drank out of... Because <laughs> we're not really willing to not, risk that because one. Because <laughs> I'm super paranoid about those champagne flutes because they are really thin, really fine. Yeah. But that's lead crystal. Yeah. And I'm sure... That honestly, that is actually what's made me think of of this particular topic. The comparison. So, mm. say we have five different champagne flutes. We have like 
the fifty cent, uh, fifty cents a, a a glass champagne flutes versus fifty dollars a glass champagne flute. Yeah, and what difference does the quality of the glass make? Yeah, I really want and to explore that. I think yeah, because that's that's that, a good drop, and it's a good science. Yeah, and if you like your science, that's probably also going to be a good episode. <laughs> We'll have to explore that at a later date. Uh, so, we have the champagne bowl as our top pick. We have the champagne flute as our second, as our runner-up. Um, if you haven't got a champagne bowl, a martini glass will do. It is very similar in the way it makes the drink behave. But don't sit on it. Yeah, no. It <laughs> it doesn't hold on to its flavours as well as the champagne bowl does. No. However, as, as I'm trying to explain, that may have to do with the quality of the glass. Yeah, which we won't know until we've done that episode. Yeah. Stay tuned. So, pick number three would be, have to be the uh, white wine glass, actually. Yeah, because the, the white wine glass, if nothing oh, sorry, else... Sorry, pick number four. Yeah, if nothing else, maintained the drinkability of the beverage. Yeah, it like, still tastes like a wine. Yeah. It, or, sorry, it tastes like a good quality yes, wine. Yes, it still tastes like a good wine. It no longer tastes like a sparkling white, but it still tasted like a good white wine. Mm. And then we have, finally, the highball. Yes. Which will do if you don't have a glass, but, but if you it, have a better glass. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it did immediately make it taste Gee. like it was lower quality than it actually is. Yeah. And after it had sat for a while, it tasted like it had come out of a cask. Yeah. Who who knew? Yeah. Which it's it's remarkable that the shape of the glass you've put it in can have such a profound effect mm. that it makes a good bottle of wine, not not an amazing bottle, not a great bottle, just a good bottle, but it makes a good bottle taste like it came out of... A cask. A, a cask, yeah. yeah. If you can get cask sh- uh, champagne or bubbly. Um, probably I don't, not. I, I don't, I don't think, think that it would handle it. No. I'm, it, I'm it assuming that it would explode or something. Possibly. But it, it did Be remind hilarious. me of a... It did remind me of the sort of Carnet Chateau de Cardboard <laughs> that I've Carnet. had in the past. <laughs> good, good for cooking, but not much else. <laughs> good, yeah. good, good for cooking like or if in, you're already like 10 drinks in it doesn't where it doesn't matter anymore <laughs> yeah yes in in my poor university student days where chateau de cardboard was the classiest i could afford <laughs> uh, it's, it's reminiscent of that and that's yeah. dreadful for oh, yeah. a nice sparkling white wine <laughs> you don't want to reduce it to that no Never. And Brown Brothers, if you're listening, we're sorry we did that to your wine. But it's a testament on how good your wine is that we are able to pick the nuances between the different glasses. So I I think I I think we gave this a pretty high rating back in the sparkling white episode. Back in our sparkling white episode, I think we did. Yeah. I think we did. And there's no point today because we've tasted it so everywhere much. from from the lowest end, where because in in the Collins Highball, let's be honest, we we would give it less than five bottle caps out of ten oh, yeah, bottle caps. Definitely. Well, I mean, it's still very drinkable, but it's lost it's lost its complexity. So it it tastes like a cheap one. 
It does. And if that's what you're into, that's how you should drink it. Yeah. If you if you like cheap, well, if you like that, it's not a bad cheap wine. No, it didn't taste like a bad cheap. No, wine, no. But so it's a it's a style. Mm. That's what I'm trying to get to. The the drinking it out of a Collins highball tasted like a cheap style white white bubbly. Yeah, just just lacking in the complexity and nuance. Yeah, that you would normally get. All right. So, uh, I think we're starting to ramble. So, yeah, so time for the plugs. T- time for the plugs. So, if you liked what you heard, we'd and if you haven't already, we'd love you to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. Uh, we're on Podbean. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Google Play Music. Uh, you name it, you can probably find us there. Uh, where you can find us as a good drop, all about alcohol. Yep, and we are, of course, on the socials, Facebook, occasionally Instagram, very occasionally YouTube, <laughs> as a Good Drop podcast. Yeah, you can, uh, if you want to send us feedback, questions, comments, if you think, if you have a good idea for a future episode, send us an email to a good drop at gmail.com. And, and, of course, if you'd like to rehear specific episodes, send a friend a link to listen to something in particular that you really liked and think that would get them hooked on our particular podcast by all means do and you can do that by pointing them to our good old-fashioned website a gooddrop.com.au so next week i'm really looking forward to this episode because it's something i haven't tried yet yeah and i, I haven't tried it either so because we're, we're back to brandy but it's a very unique brandy that we're talking about mm. here a apple brandy. Apple brandy, yes. Or also called Calvados. Or Calvados. I don't know. It's it's French. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about the Calvados apple brandy. They apparently also make a pear brandy. But we will get into that next time. So yeah. Until then. Until then. Cheers. Cheers. Not over the equipment. <laughs>